The Maverick was the underdog, you know, especially going up against uh, gamers and, and some of the stuff you had seen. But um, pretty soon after, the uh, it, it became the heavy favorite. This is the Fitting Room Podcast. Here's your host, Nate Adelman. Fitting Room Podcast. I am your host, Nate Adelman, and my partner in crime during this quarantine period, Dave Neville in our respective home studios. Dave, I can't help but notice uh, you've got a wonderful looking studio today. I'm literally in the fitting room here. You're in the fitting room. Yeah, let's not call it a green screen. No, definitely not a green screen, which is a, a friendly reminder. Uh, of course, all of our podcasts are designed for listening. Uh, but if you'd like to watch, you can join us on YouTube. Head over to the Callaway Golf Channel on YouTube. You can watch. Dave is in his fitting room studio. I decided to pay homage to uh, the tournament that never was this week. Um, I am located just next to the 16th green at Augusta National. It's quiet and tranquil, but beautiful, as you might expect. And that looks stunning. I miss that, that place so much. Masters week, the start of the golf season. Oh, what a bummer. But hopefully in November, uh, this would be a whole new, new Masters. I'm excited to see the golf course in a different time of year. You know, will it look exactly the same? Will it look different? Will we see some fall leaves? Um, it, it could be really nice. It'll be nice to see a little variation there. Yeah, I mean, nobody, unless you're playing the course, gets a chance to really see the course at that time of the year. So it's going to be amazing. And I know that uh, the, the, the membership and leadership at Augusta National will pull out all of the stops and right. more to make the course look absolutely amazing and play firm and fast as they, they like to do. So Dave, today's podcast is an exciting one. This one um, you, you brought to my attention and uh, you actually pulled all the strings to get a really cool guest today. Our guest is Ian Frazier, who is the uh, founder of uh, TXG Golf, which is up in Canada. Um, but they recently just published the bracket, a head-to-head -head showdown of basically the top 10 drivers on the market this year. So Dave, t break, break that down for us. Yeah, so really excited to have Ian. I've been wanting to have him on for quite a while. He literally is uh, one of the top fitters in North America. Uh, he was ranked number two by Golf Magazine. Uh, TXG Golf was as the number two fitter in North America. I, I kind of think he's actually number one because they rated themselves first. Uh, shout out to Golf Magazine. Oh, um, they, yeah, because they own tour spec. They, they own, yeah, true spec. And, uh, yeah. Um, and they, they rated themselves first. But anyway, TXG, an amazing fitter. Tons of options up there. Ian's been doing it a long time. I mean, this guy has really dedicated his life to, to fitting. He was a fitter over in Europe for many years. He came over to... Toronto. He started a company called Modern Golf, which was really one of those early kind of high-end fitting establishments. And then uh, a few years ago, he's broken out on his own and now is owner CEO of TXG Golf. And they're one of our best partners uh, up in, in Canada. I mean, they've got thousands of different shaft and head combinations. They test everything. Totally brand agnostic. They build it all uh, there. I mean, they have everything from the the indoor launch monitors to the Quintec on the putting, specialized turf. I mean, 
it is truly amazing. And this guy is one of the most uh, knowledgeable guys out there and also one of the, the best guys in the, in the golf industry. So looking forward to talking to him for sure. Yeah, it, uh, we like having fitters on the show to be able to share, you know, what's happened, what are they noticing, what are they seeing, especially guys where they represent all the products in the market. So they really get to see a broad level. And um, your interactions with Ian have been more than mine, but they're, I mean, he's incredibly, incredible, incredibly smart, incredibly intelligent. He knows, uh, I mean, he knows just about as much as anyone on earth about getting the right golf club in a golfer's hands to make, to make the most of their game. And that's really what the fitting room is all about. So um, I think uh, we, we can't have Ian on the show too much because then he'll, he'll kick us both out of having a job. <laughs> yeah. They have their own uh, podcast and YouTube channel, which they do really well uh, with. And it's just been amazing to watch this bracket challenge, which they've done over the, the last month. The amount of viewers that they're getting, these videos are getting between 30 and 50,000 views to watch um, their guy, their fitter, Matt, their hit driver versus driver. And each challenge is new. They get so much interaction, the, the comments. So it just shows that the people are kind of starving for this, this content and they, they want to go deep. But what impressed me about Ian, I mean, they call me specs. I, I feel like I know a lot about at least the Callaway lineup. These, these guys know a ton about every single company's lineup and every shaft that is out there in, in the market. It's, it's uh, truly stunning. So looking forward to having him on. So it might be helpful before you listen to this podcast, uh, if you're so interested to go check out the bracket on YouTube. So it's on the TXG Golf channel. It's called The Bracket. Um, it's, it's the driver of the year is kind of what they're getting down to. So it's a series of, uh, there's there's probably what a dozen videos of all the different head-to-head matchups. Um, Matt, the uh, the fitter who's hitting the clubs, is just a robot, just <laughs> striping drives, swinging, you know, sitting at 120 miles per hour club head speed over and over and over and over. It's that alone is mesmerizing to watch. So check that out. Um, I guess Dave, we can give a little bit of a spoiler alert. Maverick did pretty good. Maverick did pretty well, but it's interesting. You got to kind of go through the videos and see how it all uh, played out because Maverick, the Maverick standard was the underdog in a lot of these videos. And then when you just, when you see Matt hit it, it, the whole script flips and suddenly it is uh, this guy, it's more than the number one seed. And uh, I I think we mentioned it in our discussion uh, with, with, with Ian, but uh, we did not pick out a head and send it to them. They're actually using their fitting heads from their drawer. They just pull them out. They pre-fit the best shaft to work with that head for Matt, and they take them head to head. So this is not just pull it off the rack and just hope for the best. This is a month-long fitting process. Yeah, that was one of the things that jumped out to me the most that I appreciated was every club, they spent the time to get that club fit properly and optimized for Matt. So every club was in its in a configuration that was going to give it the best that it could possibly get, and then take all those drivers from every manufacturer and put them head-to-head and see what happens, which I don't know of anyone else testing that broadly with that level of detail, with that level of, I mean, truly unbiased of trying to maximize the performance of everything going head-to-head. 
Yeah, there isn't any other videos out there. People will, will hit them and in the stock configuration, and maybe we send a sample and they're just hitting them there. So you get a feel for what the driver is all about. But to really dial it in, I mean, they were changing head weights. They were putting lead tape on there. They were making hosel configurations, even between rounds, just to make sure that every one of those clubs was as dialed as possible for Matt. And like you said, I mean, 181 miles an hour ball speed. That is just fun to watch. 126 mile an hour club head speed on a lot of these these uh, swings. And he did it time after time after time. So that's fun. But let's dig into our conversation so, with Ian Frazier. So we'll get to him in just one second. Right before that, I do want to solicit some oh, questions. The mailbag. Yes, Dave, you and I are going to be sitting down with uh, some of the best questions from the Cowley community um, in next week's episode. There's some really good ones out there already, but if you have any questions you'd love Dave and I to answer, head over to the Callaway community, callawaygolf.com slash community, head over to the fitting corner, and uh, uh, some of the best questions Dave and I, we, we, we will break those down on next Monday's show, so you don't want to miss that one. Last Monday's show, we sat down with uh, Kellen Watson, uh, Callaway tour truck, uh, working with all the Callaway athletes, so really interesting. His perspective, very different than Ian's, he gets to work with tour pros every day. Ian's working with more amateurs. Um, but, Dave, I think we've talked enough. Uh, let's get to the main event. Let's bring in Ian, um, and, and uh, we'll, we'll get down to it. Ian, thank you for joining us. No, not at all. Thank you for having me, Nathan. So you've recently caught the golf world by storm on YouTube. You know, people are a little bit stuck inside, and you released the bracket uh, head-to-head challenge of all – of the drivers out on the market. We're going to get to that in a second. I want to start with getting a little bit of your background. How did you get into golf? How long have you been doing what you're doing? And um, tell us a little bit about TXG as well. Yeah, so I think in, in terms of getting into the role of a club fitter and um, how I got to, to owner TXG is a fairly conventional route. I was a PGA pro, um, turned pro when I was 18, was, was kind of – going down the, the traditional route and really didn't see any of the, the jobs as, as a club pro or a teaching pro. I didn't really see any of those as something I could really see myself having a career in. So at, at that time, we were kind of in this boom of, you know, custom equipment, aftermarket shafts. We all remember the Pro Force Gold 65 and, uh, you know, Aldele NVs. And these were just popping into the scene at the time. And it just seemed like there was, there was really something bubbling with that. So uh, took a job with an OEM, worked for them for about seven years. Uh, then I moved to Canada to start a company called Modern Golf. Uh, worked there as one of five owners um, for about five years or so um, before ultimately deciding that I kind of wanted to paddle my own canoe and, and do my own thing, which is when I started THG in 2015. Yeah, so TXG Golf, tell, tell the listeners what this is all about. What, what kind of experience are they going to get when they, they walk in the door? I know you got a few locations up there in Toronto as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, the, the thing that separates us, Dave, is, is just the, the brand agnostic approach. So being unbiased to, obviously, the, the, the brands that we carry, we, we carry all the best uh, equipment that we can get our hands on, all the best components. And uh, like Nathan said, with, with the bracket, you know, when we do something like that, there's there's no bias towards, you know, any product in our store. It's every single company is represented. We have 352 shafts, 265 heads, you know, 
we custom build everything. Um, so it's a, it's a truly agnostic custom shop. That's amazing. And this, let's talk a little bit about this, this bracket uh, challenge, the bracket challenge 2020. I got to give you guys a shout out on, on this because it's a tough time for a lot of people uh, out there and people looking for new content. The kind of engagement that, that you got, you and, you and Matt, uh, shout out to Matty Boy uh, there, did an amazing job. I, I don't know how many drives he hit. Some insane, insane number of, uh, of drives. But the kind of engagement you got, the number of comments, you're almost like doing a public service for people uh, with the, this, this bracket challenge. Yeah, it became it became something that people were following, and and you know we were getting guys going. Can you know can we get a sports book going on this? Yeah, I really think <laughs> this driver's gonna gonna get to the next round. And we had a wild card round to get into the uh, the elite eight, and then the final four, and all that sort of stuff. And you know we kind of built it up that way, and it was brilliant. It, we really enjoyed it and looked forward to filming it as much as anything else. And like you say, the timing of it with. Uh, you know, with the quarantine and the lockdown that, that we're all kind of going with right now, it, it was it was a nice uh, outlet, I think, for, for the viewers of the channel. So one of the things that I really liked about it, you know, we see a lot of tests out there, you know, people reviewing clubs, and not all the time are the clubs uh, being used to their full potential with the tester, right? Yeah. So they, maybe they're using a stock setup. May, uh, that might not be the right setup for them. Mm -hmm. One of the things that when I was watching uh, the bracket that really jumped out to me was there were no shortcuts in terms of the way you set up the test to try to be as fair as possible. You know, mm -hmm. every single club prior to competing was optimized in its own right to make sure you're getting the most out of every club and then putting those head to head. So can you talk a little bit about all the considerations that you went into making the bracket as level of playing field as possible for all the drivers involved. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And that was important to us, Nathan, that we, we done that because like you say, um, an unfitted product is, is never going to really uh, bring out the full potential of that particular product. So we went through uh, about a two and a half hour process with Matt where we, we had him hit um, all 10 driver heads with different shafts and we're, we're in there messing with weights and the end result was was quite amazing that the variance in bend profile and shafts I mean there was there was shafts that are stout as the Acra RPG 472 M5 plus which really from an EI perspective is is about as stout as it comes uh, and then you're into things like Ventus uh, Black 7X which is you know, really stout and super low torque. And then on the opposite end of the scale, we end up with things like VA Nemesis 70X, which is super high balance point, you know, brings swing weight sort of uh, down by about six points, which is amazing. Wow. So the heads that that had to go into, we had to obviously reweight those heads in order to, to create balance within that particular club. So we did have to go through a full process with it to make sure that everything had a fair shake. So he heading into the test, um, I know there was a lot of talk of, ooh, this was a surprise. This was the underdog. What was your instinct mm -hmm. going into what, uh, the, the bracket? Did you have any inklings uh, just from your experience working with golfers as to what you were going to see with a, with a player like Matt who, who generates a ton of speed? Yeah. I mean, the thing with Matt is I've seen him hit so many shots now. So if, if there was ever a player that, you know, I could dial in pretty quickly. You know, he is, he is certainly it. I know that 
Uh, I know the ways in which to kind of build a club so he can thrive with it. I also know the ways in which I can disassemble that club so he really struggles with it. But that's <laughs> important to show because that they, you know, people think who watch the channel think Matt's a machine and and he's you know this sort of. Uh, cyborg that just hits at 3.13 straight all the time but really that's not the case he, he, you know if, if we if we take certain parts of uh, of, of him with, with the way we set his golf club up he can really really struggle uh, you know if I give him something where you know we get CG too far forward we lower the loft something that really uh, you know that maybe the MOI is a little bit lower so when he gets that high toe strike he just gets that dive bomber um, that doesn't stay in there we can pull his driving apart very, very quickly. <laughs> well, let's talk about this this Maverick uh, head. And it seemed like just the absolutely incredible fit for him. And I've yeah. read some of those comments. I know you had a bunch of comments. People thought that uh, we went somehow into the tour department and found some super hot head and sent it to you guys. Yeah. But like, you did uh, – it was a fair shake for everybody, right? It was. It was absolutely that. I mean – yeah, we, we, didn't, we didn't reach out to any companies before we'd done the bracket. None of you guys knew that we were even uh, going to be doing, doing a, a test like that. So, yeah, it was, these were just our fitting heads from the, the drawer, and we, we pulled them out. Um, there, there's, I mean, and there's truly no bias to it. There really isn't. It was, it was literally straight math at the end when we would add up the total distance. We would subtract the offline yardage, and, and there lies your winner. Um, so there was certainly no bias to it, that's for sure. And some of the uh, terms that uh, I heard you saying about the Maverick, uh, well, uh, freaky deaky was one, Mavericky, um, <laughs> filthy, uh, this yeah. is unfair, we got to stop the test right now. Um, those are a few comments that, that I remember. It's very unusual um, for a product to separate itself like that for someone who's as good a player as what Matt is. I mean, you know what it's like working with tour players, uh, you know, incremental change is is significant not to see four miles an hour ball speed difference between one head and the next and that was the thing in the final when uh, when we were up against the cobra speed zone extreme was uh, there was well, i think 176 was the average ball speed with the cobra and 180 was the average ball speed with uh, with the maverick so that's just not that's not a difference you see every day so when you're when you've been working over this the season so far with uh, Maverick has the experience that you had in the bracket. Is that similar to what you've seen it with other consumers or is something in, in the way that Matt delivers the club or his speed, mm -hmm. uh, just a really good fit for that club head? I mean, he, we saw signs of this, Nathan, when we were down at the PGA show. Um, so we took three heads down with us, Matt's own ping G410 LST, we took, uh, we took the Cobra Speed Zone and we took uh, Maverick down. And we were, we were on the range at a course called um, the Golden Bear Club just outside uh, Orlando. And we were shocked at how straight he hit Maverick. So we kind of knew this was going to be a real good one for him before even getting into the bracket. But in terms of the wider consumer, um, all three heads are getting a lot, a lot of airtime for us right now. I think there's, there's a real... Uh, a real place for, for uh, Maverick Max. I think in terms of the low spin options in the market this year, I, I don't see anything coming close to what Sub-Zero does when you put that weight forward, maybe turn the loft down a little bit. I don't really see anyone touching that for the guy who's a little bit of a, a high spin player, maybe the, the, 
the high speed guy who gets a fraction steep and delivers a little bit too much loft with it. So that spin loft window kicks up a, a little shade more than we would like. So um, we're really seeing a place for all three. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Maverick uh, Max. We, we saw the Maverick and the competition did amazingly well. But for your, your average golfer, what kind of tweaks yeah. are you making with Maverick Max? Have you been putting that heavy weight in the, in the draw side, in, in the heel? Uh, somebody comes in, maybe they're fighting a slice, a little bit higher handicap. What, what have you seen uh, with that? Yeah, we do. We definitely do that. We take advantage uh, of that option. But I think what we've been doing more with Maverick Max is is putting that um, heavyweight deep into the back of the head and bringing that CG as deep as we can and, and making that a, a really neutral. Because I'm shocked when I saw Maverick Max how neutral it looked. Um, you know, it, it sits really square. It doesn't have that kind of, you know, shut look that, that so many drivers that are considered sort of draw bias drivers or whatever it just looks so friendly, so playable. Um, so I think that will be maybe the sleeper of the three that, that we end up selling more than we thought we would at, at the start. Now, it's been a popular discussion uh, amongst the high-speed better players. Of In the past, they may have played Epic Sub-Zero or Epic Flash Sub-Zero or Rogue Sub-Zero, but they're mm -hmm. finding with Maverick that they can play the standard. So a guy oh, like yeah. Matt who's hit both of them a lot, you know, for a guy of that speed, oftentimes you'd assume like, oh, he's a really good player. He's fast. He'd need sub-zero. But in this case, mm -hmm. the standard seemed to be a better fit. Ha ha talk, talk about that, I guess, better players, high-speed guys, and which heads are matching up better for them. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And, and Matt's kind of um... – his struggles, Nathan, are when he starts to hang on to the, the handle a little bit too long. He shuts the, the loft down a little bit too much, and then he gets a fraction too much up on it. So at times, you know, he can get the club a little behind him. Um, his, his kind of club will shallow out too much. He'll get his angle of attack too much up. And when he shuts that loft down and hits too much up on it, he struggles to keep the ball in the air uh, long enough. So we found that Maverick was a perfect balance for him. It, there was enough launch, enough spin, and crazy ball speed. So it was a win-win-win. Well, let's let's just talk about um, the the bracket challenge. If people want to want to watch this, um, where where's the best place for them to to watch the, the bracket? Yeah, head on over to the YouTube channel TXG uh, on on YouTube, and you can. Yeah, watch it from the start. I mean, I think even from those wildcard rounds and, and start to pick your own favourites and you look at those 10 heads, we represented all the, all the kind of major companies. And um, as you said, David, all those heads were dialed in and all those clubs were dialed in. So, um, you know, there was some shocks uh, in, in, in it straight away. You know, there was some, some heads that people thought were going to go all the way to the end and they were knocked out in the first round. And, you know, we love that about a bracket, don't we? Mm-hmm. So shifting gears a little bit to TXG, um, mm -hmm. you have an amazing facility, multiple facilities up in, in Canada. Talk to me a little bit about, uh, you know, common misconceptions that consumers come in and say, I think I need this, or I think I want this, or give me heavier, give me lighter, give me yeah. stiffer. Um, and kind of what are the trends or patterns that you've been seeing in the last year or so to get golfers more dialed? Yeah, that's, that's a really, really good, uh, really good question. Um, I think a lot of people have, have sort of misconceptions maybe on, on the irons, the modern day iron, that it's, it's, it's all about distance. 
Um, you know, they want to just hit it far, far, far. And, and maybe they, they kind of, at times right now, are sacrificing a little bit of the optimization of the golf club. They're just looking for how far does the six iron go and, um, you know, we kind of try and draw them away from that and try to go, okay, we're trying to assemble a set here, a set of tools that will allow you, you to play your best so that if the, the shot calls for, you know, a five iron, you know exactly what that five iron is going to do and we're going to flight it optimally and things like that. And we're not going to live in, in a kind of a, a distance, um, you know, a distance game where we're just trying to hit everything as far as we can. So building 14 weapons uh, that we can use at the right times is, is I think, the most important thing. And just in terms of irons, uh, Ian, what are you seeing from the, the Callaway lineup? What would you say is the number one Callaway iron in your shop and, and why? Still Apex. I mean, it's so versatile. Um, you know, it's, it's soft. It's, you know, it's bendable. It's, it's fast. It looks good. Um, I think Apex Pro is one that people don't give enough credit to. It looks brilliant. It has tons of pop. Um, you know, so for the guy who maybe doesn't like the bigger head and they want to play something a fraction smaller, um, they, they don't have to sacrifice um, that the retain. You know, I, I call balls. Uh, I call forgiveness retention of ball speed. Um, you know, their ability to miss hit it and still not drop off the off the planet when it comes to your your speed and and, and your spin and launch. Keep all that consistent. So the yeah, Apex Pro is definitely a, a sleeper for us as well. So, uh, a sl- I never heard Apex called a sleeper. Uh, those, those are still <laughs> just in my the bag. Pro. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, just that- the pro. Because a lot of people when they they, they they go come in the store and you know they're looking for that forge and they, they'll go over to Mizuno. You know they'll yeah. go to Titleist, right? And yeah. and you know I think Callaway is known for you know innovation and and you know all the all the things that come with that. But maybe that leads too much to this ball speed story and the distance orientated golf clubs and. Sometimes, you know, the, the, the ex-forged lineup might not be, you know, front of mind when, when really it should be. So I, I almost feel like, yeah, that's, that's maybe why I'd call it a sleeper in that sense. So I, I can't help but notice behind you, you've got a wonderful set of putters. Um, yeah. how, how has putter fitting evolved for you guys in the last, you know, five years in terms yeah. of being able to apply data where before maybe it was more around feel? Uh, that's, a, that's a great one. Um, and, and I love getting into the putter fitting stuff because I think it's still the most misunderstood part of the club fitting world. Um, you know, when you pick a, a putter, so few people can even um, or, or even have the, the, the knowledge of why you would pick a mallet over a blade. You know, I think most people still think that if you want the putter to open and close, you know, you, you, you go with a blade. And if, if you want it to stay more square, you go with a, with a mallet. That's just simply not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's we're trying to to pick again, pick a uh, a tool that will, at, at the moment of impact, will return the face to square. Because when you're dealing with such little loft, face angles everything. You know, when we are dealing with you know other clubs in the bag, face to path is a little bit more of a balancing act. But when it comes to putters, you know, we're dealing with less loft, so it's it's mostly about the face. Mm-hmm. What kind of trends are you seeing in terms of heads, head shapes, toe hang, that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. What's uh, what's working well for the people you're fitting right now? Yeah, still, still a, a balance of, of of mallet and blade. I think there's there's you know the place for for both. And uh, high MOI is, is a real buzz you know term right now. I feel like you know some of uh, 
some of the mallets are, are what people come in looking for. But, you know, I think when all is said and done, we use a system called Quintic. Uh, I'm sure a lot of listeners will be familiar with Quintic. And, and what we find with that is, you know, a lot of people will walk in and go, here's my blade and here's my mallet. And I'll take them over to the loft and line machine. And I'll put them on there. They both measure three degrees and uh, we get them on Quintic and the mallet is launching at three and a half degrees and the blade's launching at one and a half degree. And they're like, well, how can that be when the loft is the same? And trying to explain to them the role that CG plays in a putter to create launch when even we're making such a small stroke, uh, it, it's, it's infinitely important. So having that little, you know, those types of you know, nuggets and pieces of information really help people with, with product selection. Now, I would guess that a lot of golfers are coming to you guys for the driver, for the irons, yeah. um, maybe now more so for the putter. How important of a role does the golf ball play during your fittings? Um, do people get to pick what golf ball they're doing their fittings with? Do you do golf ball fittings? Mm-hmm. Well, Dave, you know, I was asked this in a podcast last week, actually, with, uh, with an instructor in the U.S., Andrew Rice, and he asked me, what's the blind spot right now in club, in club fitting? Uh, and that's exactly what I said, that it's the golf ball. Because the variance from from one extreme and to the other in, in terms of the, the range of performance is massive. You know, you can make the exact same swing with two separate golf balls, launch them three degrees apart and have 2,000 RPM spin difference with a 7-iron. You know, that that is not something you're going to see with a shaft change or, or, you know, a head, even moving the CG in the head but keeping the loft the same, you're not going to see that variance but with golf ball, you can really get in there and, and fine-tune performance. I was watching one of your uh, uh, videos, uh, Ian, where Maddie was hitting some balls, and you just you just switched out the the golf ball. I forget which brands you were using there, but the the difference was absolutely massive. I think it was yeah. like fifteen hundred um, spin and, and launch angle mm-hmm. changes um, uh, as well. So. Do you ask a player if they have a preferred uh, ball? Do you try to standardize um, across that, or, or how do you approach that? Yeah, we, we, we try to, Dave, and we try to obviously get from them what their preference is. If, if it's a preference based on performance, or, or is it price, or you know what's kind of led them to play that particular golf ball. So, I mean, if it's performance, we'll, we'll sort of work around it, and you know they're welcome to, to use their own golf ball in the fit. I keep about 10 different golf balls in the drawer, um, when I'm fitting, so if, if I need to make a little switch. Um, but sometimes, you know, the, the golf ball choice as well can evolve because our process is we start a full bag fit with irons, we then go to driver, and then we, we, we plug the gaps in between. We'll go three-wood hybrid, um, and then we'll go back down to wedge and putter. So as it changes, the right ball for the driver may not be the right ball for the wedges. So really the, the, the ball fit uh, I say if we're going to do a true ball fit, that's done when your, your set is, is complete and assembled. We want to do that afterwards. It's fine to do it in the fit, but we might change our mind at some point in that fitting. And one of the things we hear a lot of discussion about is fitting indoor versus outdoor. So you mm-hmm. got a, I, I know you got an indoor studio, but weigh in, what are the advantages uh, of each and you know, why have you decided to do it the way that you have? Well, you know, obviously the climate up here forces our hand. Um, so for, for us, the indoor option is, is where we can be a 12-month business. Um, but what I will say is the, creating the, the sort of lab environment that we have here and having our loft and line machine, you know, 
15 feet away from us where we can go and make an adjustment on the hop and things like that. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a really good way to standardize testing and, and create that, that environment. And, um, you know, if it rained last night and the turf's a bit soggy or the wind's howling off your left shoulder, compensations can be made by the player in order to uh, deal with the, the environment. We can take that obviously out. We can create that vacuum and, and take those, uh, those out, the, uh, out the equation. So um, I really like the, the indoor fitting. A lot of people are concerned about turf. Uh, obviously hitting off of, of, of uh, synthetic turf. So what we worked with was what turf is firm enough that the strike is a little bit lower on the head and creates uh, a little bit of a lower strike where we're going to get low launch, high spin off that low strike. What's that turf? And then what turf is soft enough that the club can get deep enough where it can creates a slightly higher strike where we can actually get a little bit of tilt on the head and reduces the spin. And then we try to find something in between. So we're trying to replicate the closest conditions that we possibly can to, you know, what we consider average turf conditions. I can say that that is absolutely a TXG difference than the majority of fits out there where there's definitely not as much, uh, I'd say indoor fits where there's not as much thought put into how the spin rate on the turf that we're having in our fitting mm -hmm. studios is going to be. So that's really amazing that you guys go to that level of uh, a care and attention to detail for, for the golfer. Um, I'm, Thanks, I'm wondering, you know, we've got, unfortunately we probably have, you know, four, four to six weeks more downtime here before we're getting back out on the golf course. Yeah. Do you have any other fun projects planned? Any more YouTube content uh, on the docket here that you can uh, keep us entertained with? Yeah, I think we've ramped up the YouTube stuff, if anything. You know, we sort of understand the role that we're playing right now, which is maybe for a lot of pe people out there, we, we might be able to provide them with an hour in their day where they don't have to think about the, the sort of COVID-19 outbreak. We can give them a, a little outlet that, that, that can take them away from that for a short time. So we're fully aware that we have to kind of keep this going. Uh, we know the, the, the sort of implications that we have to, um, you know, keep ourselves from, which is, you know, when Matt and I are doing this, we, we're aware that social distancing is, is, is very important. And even when we're doing it, we don't stand next to each other in, 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 the, in the bay anymore. So he is in the bay and I'm out the bay. So, you know, we, we do what we can from that perspective. But we're just about to start a, a new sort of segment uh, within our Q&A uh, sessions where we're actually going to bring in live phone calls. So, um I'm not sure if you, Nathan, have you heard of a guy called Gary Vaynerchuk? Gary Yes, v. yes of course. Yeah. Right, yes. so he was a huge influence on, on me personally when, when I was, you know, thinking about how we can market TXG and present ourselves and interaction and in the whole, you know, underpriced attention, you know, side of things. And, uh, you know, I love when he does his, his, his Gary V sort of Q&As where he gets people on the phone, takes a deep dive into their problems, gives them some answers and, and, and hopefully help them on their way to, to, you know, doing better in their life. That's wonderful. That's, that's great. Well, that's, that's exciting to hear. Uh, best of luck with that. We'll, Dave and I will certainly be, be tuning in. Um, we appreciate you taking the time to chat with us, breaking down the bracket, which was really fun for, for all of us to watch. Well, obviously we're a little biased here, Dave and I, but we, 
We're excited about the way things turned out. And there was some times when you guys seemed surprised where I know Dave was like, why are they surprised about this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the early videos, um, the Maverick was the underdog, you know, especially going mm -hmm. up against the uh, gamers and, and some of the stuff you had seen. But um, pretty soon after, the, it, it became yeah. the heavy favorite. <laughs> it, it, it really did. I mean, and the, the one thing, I never forget that first time Matt hit it. And we done sets of five shots with one driver, change into the other one, hit five, and come back and hit five. And so it wasn't, you weren't just getting in that rhythm. And when the first time he hit his first set of five shots with Maverick, he literally, he, he had about a two millimeter discrepancy on strike. He just dimed it every single time. Then he'd go to the other driver, hit it all over the face, go back to Maverick, dime it straight in the middle all over again. And it was quite a remarkable thing. I don't know if I'll ever forget that. And it was just so stable. And I was kind of, you know, I had the pom-poms out being cheerleader going, hit it harder. Go on, hit it harder. See if you can get 184 <laughs> ball speed. Um, so it was just fun. You know, the, the whole bracket thing was so much fun. And, and uh, there was a worthy winner in the end, that's for sure. Awesome. Well, Ian, thank you for joining us. Um, it was a pleasure having you here on The Fitting Room. Hopefully we'll get you back on. Uh, once we once there's some new clubs for you guys to test and uh, the next bracket bracket hopefully we'll have have you on as well um, a few reminders the fitting room live on Sirius XM PJ Tour Radio uh, we'll be back soon that's every Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific 8 p.m. Eastern so tune in probably in the uh, late May June time frame we'll be back on the air there uh, in the meantime every Monday uh, a new episode of the fitting room podcast um, definitely tune in to the other podcasts in the Callaway Golf Podcast Network, such as the new Callaway Golf Podcast. Tons of tour pros have been on that podcast in the last couple of weeks. So if you want to see what, what all the Callaway athletes are up to, that's a good one to check out. And finally, this episode of The Fitting Room was produced by Jen Turk and Tyler Sheehan. We'll be back with more from The Fitting Room next Monday. See you then.